Hello, and welcome to the This Girl Loves Sleep podcast, the show that will help your entire family bring back bedtime. Each episode, sleep expert Alana McGinn discusses your burning sleep questions and provides you with tangible sleep tips and tricks to help you create your own sleep plan for your family. Whether it's how to extend your baby's naps, end bedtime battles with your toddler, or help you sleep better at night, this podcast talks all things sleep to help you and your family get the sleep you deserve. With colleagues, friends, and other wellness experts, Alana discusses all lifestyle topics that you want more information on. Are you ready to bring back bedtime? Here's your host, sleep educator, mom of three, and pop culture fanatic, Alana McGinn. Guys, you don't have to be sleep deprived just because you have a baby. If you think you are destined to months of no sleep after having a baby, think again. I am going to be your guide in teaching your baby how to become a champion sleeper with the same compassionate and practical wisdom I've used to help thousands of families get better sleep. You are the expert at your baby's sleep. No, really, you are. And I'm going to teach you how to use your knowledge about your baby to create a personalized sleep plan grounded in the science of sleep. I want to introduce you to my first book in the This Girl Loves Sleep series titled This Baby Loves Sleep. In This Baby Loves Sleep, I debunk the myths about baby sleep that may be keeping your little one from getting the rest he or she needs. I use the newborn weeks as the foundation for building good sleep habits. I apply my four good night sleep tools as the basis for your baby's sleep plan. And I help your baby fall asleep on his or her own throughout the night without your assistance. And we prioritize maternal and paternal mental health during your baby's infancy. This is the baby sleep book that every tired parent needs to own. You won't be skipping any chapters with this one. I made it my mission to create an easy to read, easy to apply and plan sleep book that gets to the heart of what's going on with your baby's sleep quickly and insightfully so that you can start applying these practical science-based baby sleep steps that have helped thousands of our families as early as tonight. So what's inside this baby loves sleep? You're going to learn newborn know-how. You will learn to recognize the connection between your newborn's brain development and sleep. I write about sleep environment. Understand the important role that sleep environment plays in your baby's sleep. We're going to talk about schedules, guys. It's the question we get asked so often from our families. So you are going to learn the biologically appropriate times your baby should be awake and asleep based on age and development. The approach, you will be able to find the sleep training method that works best for you and your baby. And guys, who's ready for longer naps? You will be able to unlock the secrets of restful and longer and I mean it, guys, longer naps. You're going to get all the answers to your most common baby sleep dilemmas. I wrote this book with you in mind because I remember what it was like to be exhausted and needing information, safe, practical, research-based information that I could apply to my baby sleep plan stat. This Baby Love Sleep is the baby sleep book that will help your baby learn the important skill of independent sleep, helping your family get the sleep they need. 
You can find a link to purchase this baby love sleep over at goodnightsleepsite.com and it's available to download now. That's right. You can start reading it within seconds and your baby can start sleeping soundly before you know it. Hi, I'm Alana McGinn from goodnightsleepsite.com, a website offering free sleep resources for you and your family. You can also find information on our amazing certified sleep consultant team who can help you with each step along the way to creating your family sleep plan. Today, I'm going to start breaking it all down. I often mention Goodnight Sleep Site's four key sleep tools, and that when we are putting a sleep plan together for our babies and children, it's important to use all the sleep tools in the toolkit. I'm going to be discussing each sleep tool in separate episodes, and in today's episode, I'm starting with numero uno, with number one, your baby's sleep environment. Making sure your baby's sleep environment is safe, consistent, and conducive is often the first step in helping your baby sleep better at night and take some consolidated naps. I swear it can happen. Working on the perfect sleep environment can start as early as day one. So it's often the first thing I educate parents on. So let's get to it. We all want our babies sleeping better because when our kids are sleeping, then we are sleeping. And did you know the surroundings in which we sleep can play an important role in helping your baby sleep through the night? Creating the perfect sleep sanctuary for your baby is the first step in your baby sleep plan. And I made it easy for you with creating a free download with quick tips and how to design your baby's ideal nursery. You can find the link to that download in this show's notes under episode six over at goodnightsleepsite.com slash podcast. When you hear the term sleep training, what is the first thing you think of? Probably the method, right? I will say this over and over again. If you are creating a sleep plan for your baby by only choosing a method, it's not going to work. What I educate parents on is that we need to look at sleep training as an entire sleep toolkit with choosing the method only being one of the tools. It's actually the last tool that we use and definitely the smallest. Our sleep training toolkit contains four key sleep tools. And when we are able to use each tool properly and consistently, we can see the big picture healthy, restorative sleep for your child and for you. If you're like me, you had an image of your baby sleeping anywhere and everywhere as you did the things you needed or wanted to do, right? We all think that before a baby actually enters our world. While it may have been true for a little while in that, you know, first month or two, once sleep starts to get organized starting as soon as two months old, the body needs certain things to help keep sleep be restorative. In other words, our babies become less portable at this point. 
The first thing is to make sure that sleep is safe. And as a sleep professional, it's so important that I speak on and educate parents on the safe sleep practices for your baby. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Canadian Pediatric Society, we follow the ABCs of safe sleep, both for naps and for night sleep. So what does that mean? So the A in the ABC is have your baby sleep alone. So you're removing all fluffy and loose bedding from the sleep area. Cribs must be clear of all pillows, quilts, stuffed toys, and other soft items. And you're making sure that baby's head and face stay uncovered during sleep. You also want to use light sleep clothing. B is to place babies on their backs. Even after they learn to roll, place them on their backs to start. And if they choose to sleep in their own sleep position, that's okay. So once your baby naturally rolls on their tummy, it's okay to leave them there. But until that happens, babies should always be placed on their backs to sleep. And lastly, C, you always want to place baby in a crib or bassinet. You should be using a certified standard crib with a firm mattress and fitted crib sheet. Do not put babies to sleep on soft mattresses and soft sofa cushions, water beds, sheepskins, or any other kind of soft surface. Here's the thing, guys, and this is a bit of a beef for me. I am seeing a lot of babies lately sleeping in these napping pods. And a lot of companies, unfortunately, tooting safe sleep practices, but then advertising these pods as a great way to help your baby sleep and promoting their product with pictures of sleeping babies in the nap pods. I don't care what celebrity is using these nap pods, how they're promoting it, how they're endorsing it. These are not safe sleep items for your baby. This product is not a safe sleep environment for your child and does not follow any safe sleep guidelines. Please avoid using them in replace of your baby's crib or bassinet. We have a great article on our website that speaks on this, but we need to stop using those napping pods as a sleep environment for your baby because they are simply just not safe. We also want to be aware of any possible sleep hazards. So things like things you wouldn't even think of you guys, like cords, right? Cords can pose strangulation hazards to children, whether they are connected to blinds or baby monitors, you want to keep the cords tied up. So, you know, if your, your baby's crib is beside your window and there's a cord hanging down, you want to make sure that you're moving that out of the way. Also where the monitor is or the white noise machine, like all these cords should not be anywhere that baby can kind of grasp and bring into the crib with them. You always also want to know if any product you own has been recalled, including any secondhand products, right? So the best way to ensure your products are safe are to fill out your product registration card and then check for recalls online with your local recall websites that you can go to. One is www.recalls.com. Gov. So that's a great one to check out too. And we always post it as well on our social media if there's any recalls on, you know, items that we think that our parents are using. Tip overs, guys. So once you start dealing with toddlers and suddenly you're doing that crib to bed transition, even, even before then, guys, even when your babies are still in bed, but they're walking around their rooms and stuff, tip overs are a leading cause of injury to children. The best way to avoid them is to make sure that all the furniture items are secured to the wall. Something so simple to do, but something overlooked. Here's a story, which is 
funny now, I can laugh at it now, but at the time was actually really scary. So my son's crib, my twin son's crib, when the mattress was high at the top level, when he was a baby was fine. Everything was safe around them. Once he started pulling up. And when we got to that age where we had to lower the mattress, it was right before nap time. And my husband did it quickly. And it, the, the crib itself was safe and secure. He turned off the light, put my son down, And when I went to get him after his nap, the electrical socket was like right there on the wall, on the wall that his crib was against. We didn't realize it because when the mattress was raised, it covered it. And my husband, love him to death. He's an amazing dad. But this is where I say, guys, things can happen without you even realizing it. It was, you know, he turned off the light real quick and put him down for his nap and not even realizing that this electrical socket was literally like right there in his crib that he could have easily just stuck his finger right in. So always be aware of the environment, always be aware of your child's surroundings because you just never know what could be there that's really hazardous and and not safe for your child. The safest route to your baby's sleep, guys, is to educate yourself. Bed sharing versus room sharing is an ongoing debate. It is one that I hear a lot from my parents quite frequently. We work with many parents who continue to room share. What room sharing is, it means that baby is in the parent's room, but is in their own safe sleep environment, like a crib or bassinet. Parents are often asking me though, what if I want to share a bed? Is it really that dangerous? Here's the thing, guys. As a professional sleep educator, one that practices safe sleep with my clients, I do believe in and encourage the American Association of Pediatrics and the Canadian Pediatric Society's recommendation on safe sleep. And that is placing baby on their back, alone, and on an independent surface like a crib or bassinet. I can't not address the topic of bed sharing because I believe that parents everywhere are going to continue to do it. While some may be choosing to create a family bed as a lifestyle decision, most families are doing what I call reactive bed sharing, right? Where pulling baby into bed to get in those last few hours of sleep is the easiest thing to do. Unfortunately, though, this is the most dangerous as well, and definitely not something that myself or my team can recommend. The direct cause of SIDS isn't fully understood, and each study done surrounding it gives us that much more information. Here's what we do know, though. What we do know is that there are precautions that we can take that can possibly help to reduce the risks. As I mentioned, I stand behind the AAP and the CPS and choosing room sharing as the safer route. There is always a safer way of doing it and educating yourself, as I mentioned, is always the first step. Babies have better quality, more restorative deep sleep when they are sleeping in a stationary crib, bed, or bassinet, and when it's a consistent sleep environment. One that is also set up for sleep success, right? So conducive to sleep. The topic of motion sleep versus motionless sleep comes up a lot. And motion sleep would be on-the-go sleep, right? Car seat sleep, stroller sleep. Many times, this is the only way we are guaranteed a great nap from our babies if they haven't learned their independent sleep skills yet. By the age of two months, your baby becomes less portable and they have a harder time staying asleep or getting into the deep sleep that they need when they aren't in a quiet, dark, stationary environment. It's at this point where you really want to be focusing on a consistent sleep environment for both naps 
a night's sleep so that your baby is used to their environment and begins to feel safe and secure. So it can start as early as two months of age. Motion sleep also promotes less restorative sleep. So think about when you fall asleep in a car, obviously not when you're driving, but when you fall asleep in the car as a passenger, you're still aware of what's going on around you, right? You're not getting that deep restorative sleep you would be getting if you were in your own bed. So the same is happening to our children. And even though they are sleeping, they can still be accumulating a sleep debt. So a consistent sleep environment, motionless environment is important. We also want to make your child's nursery conducive to sleep. And you can start with making their sleep environment cool and dark. If you're worried about them getting cold at night, especially when you feel those cold little hands, you can use a sleep sack. So that's a wearable blanket that still promotes safe sleep. You shouldn't base your baby's temperature off their hands and feet though. Take a peek at and feel their torso as well. If it's warm and pink, baby is fine. Blood goes to the big organs first and to the hands and feet last. You can also place two fingers on the back of baby's neck to get a better feel for your baby's temperature. The darker your child's bedroom is, the better. Even a sliver of light peeping around the edge of a curtain is enough to wake the most sensitive of sleepers during their sleep cycle transition. Blackout blinds, guys, I've had clients use tinfoil, garbage bags can be your best friend. If you're feeding in the night or just want the option of a nightlight, I always recommend one with a low wattage, four to seven watts, and stay away from those blue and white lights. Unfortunately, all that's available now are those LEDs, right? It's hard to actually find a wattage light bulb, but try and stay away from that blue and white lights. That can actually suppress your child's melatonin and turn the sleep switch off, which we obviously want to avoid doing. You're better off using a red or yellow light bulb. So do your research and find the one that works the best. Okay, so your baby's room is safe. It's cool and it's dark. Now we're on to the advanced stuff. As babies get older, it might be time to get rid of the distractions, right? Mobiles, aquariums, toys. We want the place they sleep to be nice and friendly, kind of boring, right? The real business of the room is sleep. And if those distract your baby, then you don't want them there. Other things that might be distracting are the noises around them. And in that case, you might want to consider using a white noise machine. I talk a lot about using different tools like white noise, sound machines, again, darkening up the room. These are all tools that we're using in the beginning to create those independent sleep skills. I recommend using a white noise machine, one that has a continuous sound. So, and not music. It doesn't have to be a white noise sound. It could be rainfall, waterfall, any kind of continuous sound, and it stays on until you you turn it off. So try and avoid the ones that shut off on their own at that like 30 to 45 minute mark. Okay. As long as it's across the room, you can use it as a low volume. It's safe to use. You don't have to like turn it up full blast and put it right beside the crib. Okay. Put it somewhere in the room where, for instance, if you live on a busier street, you know, put it against that wall with the window. If you have another toddler at home or another child at home and who's running around making noise during nap time, put it against that wall of the hallway or that wall that they share for their bedrooms. So place it where you need to kind of muffle out those external sounds. But the white noise machine is also a great tool to help lull them into that next sleep cycle. I'll talk a little bit more about that on my nap segment, um, but it can really help in consolidating that sleep, which obviously we want to do for our babies. Many of you already have a great, safe, and consistent sleep environment in place. 
Hopefully, though, you're able to take away a few tips to help you. Stay tuned for an upcoming episode on the second sleep toolkit, naps, and why they are such a pain in the you-know-what, but so necessary for your baby's overall sleep plan. And remember, guys, don't go anywhere because coming up, I'm opening up my sleep clinic and answering two of your sleep questions. Until next time, I wish everyone sweet dreams and a good night. All right, guys, it's time to open up my sleep clinic where I'm able to answer your sleep questions that you've submitted to me through Instagram and Twitter. If you want your sleep question possibly answered on an upcoming episode, make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Both are at GN Sleep Site, site, S-I-T-E, like a website. And you can message me your sleep questions there. Okay, so the first two questions I have are the two questions I'm gonna read today. One is from Mabel and Barnaby, at Mabel and Barnaby. And she asks, question about newborn sleep. Since newborns sleep quite often, should I be taking him into a dark room and putting him into his bassinet to sleep with every sleep? I notice a lot of people having a bassinet out in the living space, apartment living, but should I prioritize him sleeping in a nursery, darkened, et cetera, with every sleep? Thanks. This is a great question, Mabel. I gave a lot of information about this in the episode, so I hope some of that helped you. But yes, again, like I mentioned, by two months of age, I really do recommend really focusing on that consistent sleep space, both for naps and night sleep and making sure that it's safe and conducive. Here's the thing. Safe sleep should always be promoted from day one, but where baby sleeps, you know, if you want to set up a bassinet in the main room, you know, in that first month or two, that's okay. I mean, we've all kind of been there and done that, but definitely by two months of age, you really do want to be focusing on that consistent sleep environment because this is just going to help create that safe secure sleep space for your child and will just help you down the road when you're trying to create those independent sleep skills. So thank you so much for your question. And this question is from at Madame PDP. She asks, we've been using a white noise machine since birth. How long do we use it? My son is two years of age. So I did touch on white noise machines and sound machines um, in this episode. In terms of how long you use it, there really is no set time. Here's the thing, guys, when you look at sound machines, so white noise or, you know, any kind of consistent sound like rainfall, waterfall versus something like music, it's not as habit forming as music. So it is definitely something that you can wean out, but it's really up to you when you do it. If your child enjoys it, if it helps, there's no concern with using it. You know, you don't have to worry about them needing it for the rest of their lives. I mean, that being said, I know a lot of adults who use it to sleep as well. So it really depends on you, really depends on the child. You can wean it out at any age. If your child is getting older and perhaps is in daycare and things like that and does need that white noise, I always tell parents, buy two machines, leave one at home, bring one to daycare or to grandma's or wherever baby's sleeping, and it just helps. So, you know, there's no set time on buy two you got to get rid of it. Like there's no rules. So wean it out really whenever you want to and whenever you and your child are ready to do it. So I hope those questions help guys. Thank you so much for submitting them again, guys. If you want your sleep questions possibly answered on a, this girl loves sleep episode, you can submit them through our Instagram and Twitter account. And both are at GN sleep site. And thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening, guys, and be sure to check back for more episodes helping your family bring back bedtime. 
And to make sure you don't miss out, you can subscribe to the This Girl Loves Sleep podcast through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, basically wherever you get your podcasts. And download our free sleep resources at goodnightsleepsite.com slash podcast. And if you like what you hear, guys, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. That helps the This Girl Loves Sleep podcast reach even more families like yours who deserve better sleep. Bye.